We all have different struggles, right? So working mothers, young people that don't have kids yet, stay-at-home moms, all of our challenges are different, but never get into the headspace that you think that that person you're comparing yourself to doesn't have any challenges. They just might look different from yours. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. The comparison game. It's a game that we all know far too well in some season of our life. Maybe these messages will resonate with your past. Maybe you're deep in it right now. But comparing to your friends, your coworkers, that girl at the gym, I would say that most of us, actually, I would say all of us do this at some point in our life. So I think that Teddy Roosevelt honestly says it best. Comparison is the thief of joy. So you may be having a day that is just awesome. And all of a sudden, an acquaintance on Instagram flashes a photo of her bougie ski weekend, which instantly makes your modest life look subpar. Maybe you're content in your relationship, and then all of a sudden, your BFF goes into detail on that surprise birthday party that her husband threw for her. And suddenly, you're craving more in your relationship. So you might be at a place right now in your career where you're rocking, you're rolling, and suddenly your coworker gets a promotion that makes you second guess all of your hard work. So nothing about your situation has changed. Like, it's the exact same. You simply feel like your grade is mediocre because of what you saw externally. So, Amy, in your life, where does the comparison game show up? Abby, let me just start by saying that that spoke to me right there. I think the point of nothing in your life changed. You just went onto Instagram and saw something quote unquote, better than what you have. And it made you feel worse about your situation. I think we have to be really careful with that. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about was comparing material things. My friend got engaged and she had the most beautiful, biggest rock that I had ever seen. It was a showstopper, this delicate mix of rose gold with the huge rock in the middle. And let me tell you, rose gold does something to me. I just really, really loved it. And I had to take a pause to be happy for my friend it and her beautiful ring, but to also remind myself of what I value. Could I have gone home and told Drew it was time to upgrade my ring? Maybe. I don't think he would have enjoyed that request. But I know that my ring symbolizes our marriage and where we started. And when Drew and I got married, we were in a much different place than we are right now. I mean, I was, when we got engaged, I was making $11.25 an hour working for a woman with Alzheimer's. So it, for me, my ring symbolizes where our love started. And, and that's the most beautiful thing about it. 
And it's all about the value. Like you said it exactly right on what do you value? Because that'll look different for everybody. And what you wear in your hand, the house that you walk into, the type of jeans that you're wearing, it's going to look different based on your own values. So if it's important to you, then you should resemble it in your life. Yeah. So you think that's a shallow example. I think all comparison is shallow because we're comparing against external factors. We're comparing against somebody else's life and what we're lusting after. So I compare against houses. I love real estate. Love real estate. I bought a house at 22. And then again, Colin and I bought a house in 2013. And now, Amy, my friends are buying big houses. Oh, girl, they, mine too. <laughs> oh, they have brand new kitchens. They have bathrooms. They have those soaking tubs that I know would make a much more, much better bubble bath than what I have right now. And we couldn't afford those houses back in 2013. Or we chose not to afford that house because our goal and our value is around a sustainable living. It's around being comfortable. Now, do I want that wraparound porch? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I want that wraparound porch. And we might very well upgrade in the future. But as our family grows, as our needs change, what we have right now is really all that we need. The lust feeling is a short-lived feeling. It's only natural for us to crave things that we see and that we're attracted to. But I really try to ask myself if it's something that I need, if it's something that will honestly bring me more joy. Because let me tell you, Abby, I used to believe that the material things would bring me much more joy. When I was younger and making way less money, I would buy things as kind of these band-aids. If I was going through a hard thing or if I just felt like, treat yourself, I deserve this, I was constantly seeking to find happiness through purchasing. And I can just tell you guys that didn't work out for me. Like now that I feel like a a happy person on the inside, I know that I don't need to be purchasing everything that I come across. So to say, if you guys are trying to keep up with the Kardashians or keep up with those lifestyle bloggers that live in Utah on Instagram, you're always going to fall short. You're always going to be desiring the next thing. And that makes it really hard to be happy in the present moment. Thankfulness and contentment are really big parts of happiness. So like I said, I've had to check myself so many times in the past, and I'm still working on it and reminding myself to do these things. So I hope that this serves as a gentle encouragement for you guys out there. And Amy, that brings up another point. So don't compare your behind the scenes chaos with somebody else's center stage. Like we all have that mess. We all have what we don't want to to show the world, but we have the ability to filter. We have the ability to choose what we put into the world. And you better believe that those weaknesses, oh, they're, they're diminished for everybody. We're not showing the parts that we aren't confident on, but our strengths, that's what we like to show. So someone may show their workouts or how well they interact with their kids or how perfect their dinners look, but know that they're struggling with something. 
So I will never have the food blogger material type of dinners. Like it's not going to be photo worthy <laughs> quality. That's just not going to happen. Are they getting better? Sure. Yeah, they're getting better as I learn how to cook. But by no means is it something that I'm going to be putting all over Instagram or telling my friends about at work. No way. It's that's such a great point. And I have trained my mind in this area. You know, I do this all the time. I'll scroll and I'll decide that I'm going to go right past that caption or that photo because that one that wasn't for me. I'm not getting anything from that. But comparison, not everyone's perspective needs to be my perspective and not everyone's point of view is made to to make me feel bad. So sometimes in my scrolling, I'm like, I just got to keep going right past that one that did not feel good. And that brings up another point. So we are seeing more people, Amy, now than ever before. Like we are seeing, you can open up your phone, for instance, you said scrolling and you see thousands of strangers within a few minutes. And because of this, I think that we're comparing ourselves more. We're comparing ourselves more because we see more and we hear more of the amazing things that people are doing and that can do terrible things to our self-esteem. A hundred percent. It's this influx of information. It can be an amazing thing if we can harness it and control it, but it can also make us to feel pretty inadequate. I was listening to the parenting podcast, Raising Kind Humans, and she was talking about siblings and sibling rivalry and how parents can play into it. And I was like, oh, oh gosh, I (laughs) am playing into sibling rivalry for my boys in some types of ways. And where I could have just gone down the shame hole and made myself feel so bad, I also had an opportunity to choose to learn from what I was hearing and grow from here. I don't have to compare my parenting knowledge to this expert's. She's got a PhD in this stuff. She's going to know more than I am. Instead of making myself feel bad, I can say, you know what, I'm going to tap into her knowledge that she's accumulated. And I'm going to add that to my toolbox. So going forward, you know, what? I'm glad I heard that podcast so that I can grow from it. And that being said, Amy, it's not too late to start. Like I think so many of us, I know I do. I'm like, oh, well, my kid's already three and I almost have a two year old. So uh, I'll just figure it out on the next kid. It's like, (laughs) it's not too late. Like we can actually start working on this right now. So using podcasts, using friends, using the people who are supervisors at work, using things on the internet that you trust, use it to grow and not just to make you feel bad. So there's more information today than ever before. Some of it can be amazing. Some of it obviously can be incorrect. So making sure that it's trusted sites are good. And then also know, like you said, Amy, that a message just might not be for you. And this reminds me of when um, Lucy, our oldest, was brand new. So in Madison, through the hospital, we have like a baby and me class for that fourth trimester. So right after the baby's born, you can kind of get a good idea on what other moms are doing. They have experts come in. And I did like way too much research. So I thought that I was like the know-it-all with my first baby. And I went into the, to there knowing that, holy crap, like I am 
have zero idea how to raise this child. So it was so helpful. But one of the conversations was a huge debate on co-sleeping. So I'd read all the books, the books on where the benefits are, the books on where the risks are. So I thought I had it down. But all of a sudden, the expert came in. And here we are having this debate. And the expert chimed in with, you're all right. Every one of you has correct information because it's what's right for your family. It's what's right based on your risks, based on your situation, based on your values. And I think that that just made us all feel so much better because we're like, okay, we have these three-week-olds. We don't even know how to get them to sleep through the night, probably for the next year here. But here's an expert telling us that we're okay and that what we're doing right now is right for our family. I have to say that example makes me laugh because I did not read any parenting books prior to Max, (laughs) after Max, or go to any classes, and I don't know what I thought I was doing. One thing that I have learned over the course of my parenting journey is that some of the parenting decisions that we make are going to look different. I don't need Abby to have the same ideas that I have around discipline or around sleeping or even around the face moisturizer that I have. I think that as adults, we are all going to look at the same problem and we're going to have different solutions to fix it. We're both trying to do what's best for our family. I know that for sure. But I think that we have to embrace the idea that we can come to different solutions. Um, I think that we would all feel so much more peaceful if we could understand that you're going to make different decisions. And that doesn't mean that I, the way I'm doing things is incorrect or that I should feel bad about myself every time I see, see you doing something else. And you've brought this up before, Amy, but when you're trying to run someone else's race, you're going to burn out. Like you're absolutely going to burn out and you might be an excellent sprinter. So just don't run that marathon. So don't try for something that isn't your goal or doesn't have your values at the center of it because it's not going to feel natural and it's just, it's not going to be for you. So excel at your vision, not hers. And just know that every moment that you wish you had someone else's life, you're wasting your own. And that's honestly worth saying again. So every single moment that you wish you had someone else's, you're wasting your own. So when we can focus on our strengths, it makes the lust, the weakness, it makes all those things feel a little bit less front of mind. So let's next talk about where comparison can show up in a work setting. So regardless of where you work, if you're working from home, if you're at an office, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you are a stay-at-home mom. There's really always room for comparison. So I have friends who are in each of these titles and it makes it difficult because it's so different depending on which type of setting you're in. And it's hard just to compare because they are so different. So I remember last month I was having a conversation with a friend and we were talking about how we feel inadequate at work. And here she is, this total boss babe. She's running the business. And I'm like, how do you feel inadequate? Like I'm looking at you and you're somebody who I aspire to be. But it just shows that when we all take our guard down, you finally realize that you're really not alone. And I will follow it up with, I think that we are hardest on ourselves. I know that I feel this way about things right now. I was asked to speak on a panel. 
and it was for junior achievers. So I said, heck yes, like I would love to inspire, you know, the younger minds, youth. I walk in the room, Abby, there are a bunch of gray hairs in suits, like CEOs of these huge businesses. I This is not what I thought I had signed up for. I am telling you, I had a moment of panic. Like, am I worthy of like speaking in front of them? This is not what I thought. I had so much self-doubt in that moment. I had to give myself a pep talk. I said, Amy, you belong in this room. There is a reason that they asked you to speak as an entrepreneur. So I get up there, you know, I had calmed myself down, but I'm on this panel alongside successful business owners. And what happens is when you're nervous, my thoughts were moving at a far greater pace than my mouth was. So there was this one question and I started talking before I knew where I was going And that just came out like I literally stopped because I was like, I don't even know how I'm supposed to bring this point home. Anybody else? No, (laughs) anybody else been there? (laughs) Um, And when I left there, there was an opportunity for me to either think of that as a moment that I could learn from and grow from. Or I could have gone home and beat myself up and been like, you looked so dumb, Amy they're never going to ask you back to to speak again. Um, but I had to give myself the grace of saying, this is one of your first times speaking as a panelist on a stage like that. Like, of course, you you weren't perfect. That shouldn't be the goal. Like, what did you learn tonight that can help you move forward? And you can't compare yourself against Rachel Hollis. Like, that's just not a fair comparison. <laughs> I want your first time speaking. And I know you do run into this quite a bit in your DMs with your entrepreneurial journey and people are comparing where they are to where you are. So go into more detail on that. Yeah, we got this DM or tag to our Herself podcast Instagram account from this woman named Kylie. And she went into a few details about how she had to unfollow my personal account because she found that she was comparing her journey of entrepreneurship against mine. And it was not making her feel good. And I messaged her back. And then, and then she went on to say, like, now she has refollowed and she loved our podcast. And I messaged her back and I was like, I am so happy that you made that decision because what Abby and I are trying to do here is that we are trying to open up these conversations to show you guys that every part of this is a journey. What happens sometimes is you just see someone when they're further down the road than you are. So when my sister and I launched our business Expecting and Empowered, I can tell you we had about a year of really hard work before that product came to launch. We were both pregnant with our second children. We were burning the candle at every end. I mean, I was staying up to 2 a.m. all the time, like getting this product so that we could get it out into the world. There was sweat and there were a lot of tears, (laughs) believe me. And when we launched after about six months of promoting it, 
we sold 11, like one, one, 11 pregnancy guides. To give you context of where we are today, we just had our New Year's sale and we sold hundreds, you know, so what happened is that people weren't following me back when that when the hardship of that business was. Um, so remember that you can't always, the, the comparison is not always fair. And what you see with Expecting and Empowered today and also with herself is not fair. So we didn't start this journey on January 6th on launch day. We didn't even start it a month ago. We didn't start it six months ago when we started working together. This conversation and the work that we put into this started, Amy, with your little blog post five years ago when the only people who were reading it and responding were your dad and me. (laughs) (laughs) So to say that it hasn't been a journey for you and that all the fruits of your labor just came in overnight, like that is that's so not the truth. That is not even close to what actually has happened. Literally, you and my dad (laughs) and my mom were responding and it's just that belief in yourself, you guys, that you have something to say, like that's what we want you to have in yourself is that you have something special in your life that you can um, that you can bring to other people. So Abby, I wanted to ask you a question now because both of us have friends that stay at home. And I know that you have had struggles with your days when you are filling that role of a mom that stays at home. Can you can you talk us through that? Ugh, struggle is like a nice word for it. <laughs> so for those of you listening that do that tremendously hard work of staying at home with your kiddos, I just know that comparison can show up there too because I'm comparing myself and my skill set and my day to you women all the time and men. But um most of my friends who stay home are women. So when I've had days at home because either daycare is closed or one of my kids is sick and I find myself at like 930 in the morning being like, how, what am I going to do for the rest of the day with these kids? Like how do these women who I see, my friends who I talk to, the people who I interact with in the world, how are they making this look so easy? When I am looking at this day as counting down the minutes until my husband gets home at five or 530, I don't enjoy every second of those days. I find myself thinking about how much easier work is, how nice it would be to go to the bathroom on my own. And you might be thinking that too, but that's not what I see because I'm comparing myself against how amazing your days look. And it's hard for me. It's hard for many of us thinking that work is easier, being better at being a salesperson than being a mom, because those are both titles that I want to make sure that I wear with pride. And it's just not always that case. That really resonates with me. And I'm home with my three little guys every Friday. It's just them and I. We have a play date most Fridays with my friend that stays at home full time. And I constantly try to encourage her. I'm like, Maria, this job is so hard. Like the fact that you do this every day, um, is, is so amazing. And I just also try to speak into her. Like, I hope that you're taking time to take care of yourself and asking your husband for help where you need it. Because I just have one taste of that day all by myself. And 
I, like, oh my gosh, we all have different struggles, right? So working mothers, young people that don't have kids yet, stay-at-home moms, all of our challenges are different, but never get into the headspace that you think that that person you're comparing yourself to doesn't have any challenges. They just might look different from yours. So now, Abby, I want to talk about something that I do know that you struggle with a little bit. Let's talk about comparing yourself against yourself. Yeah, and does that make sense? So when you're comparing what you have currently to the thoughts, ideas, the situations that may have been better in the past. So this isn't to say that we always want to be growing because, girl, this is the conversation we're here for. We always want to be better tomorrow than we are today in some facet or another. But it's just going to look different in different seasons. So when I think about like my running career or an athlete or what my body looks like, it doesn't look as good. Or I'm not as fast. I'm not as competitive as I may have been before kids, for instance. But it's because we are choosing to not commit the time, the energy in this season of life right now to competing. So I'm just not going to be as good. Am I older than I was 10 years ago? Of course I am. Do I have more wrinkles and sunspots? Yes. Do I look back at all my 23-year-old friends and I'm like, oh, if I could go back there and have that skin again, have the skin that just snaps right back and <laughs> the wrinkles that don't even need to have any type of serum at night. It's hard because yes, we want that. We crave that. Um, have I been more successful in my career? You might be at that position right now where before you had kids or when you had more time or when you had a different skill set, you were better at your career. And I run into issues there too, just constantly comparing against those. So we can be really hard on ourselves because our stats right now don't look like they used to. But know that where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. It's like that quote that says, well, I'm freestyling the quote. <laughs> this is a remix. But you're going to crash if you're constantly looking in the rear view mirror. So what I try to focus on is being my best self with the time and the energy and the space that I have right now. I was just talking to my good friend Lisa about how I just have so many demands right now, right? I have three little children. I have a marriage that I really care about. I have this new podcast, my business, all of these demands. I don't feel like I can knock everything out of the park, to be honest. Like, I don't feel like there's enough capacity to do things exactly how I want to do them. And that's hard because you don't feel like you're, um, you don't feel like you're doing your best work. And I call it a B plus life. So when you can't get to that A status anymore. But I do know that generally when you are living in the mediocre on everything that you're doing, it's usually because you're spreading yourself too thin. You're trying to do too many things all at the same time. And really, if you just narrow it down to a few things that really matter to you, you will be able to hit that A status again. I like that. And Abby, honestly, figuring it out takes time. It takes planning. A thing I learned a couple years ago was it takes saying no. I've gotten a lot better at that. 
And this is one reason why I just left my nursing job, which was a really hard decision. I could tell that I needed more time. I had all of these balls in the air and I knew that one was going to drop and it was going to drop hard and I wasn't willing to wait until that happened. So Drew and I made the decision. We're like, the thing that makes the most sense is to let go of the nursing job right now in this season so that I could focus in on these other things so I could feel better. I could feel like I could do them better and that I don't want to live a life where I feel busy every single second. And that's truly how I was living for months. I was voxering you, you know, I was like, (laughs) I can't live like this. Like I cannot have it be like this. And really, Amy, you're shining right now where you're brightest. Like you're shining where you're brightest and you know it's okay to ask for help when you need it. So let's transition topics here into the last big topic which is really going through body comparison. And if you missed episode two, now's a great time to put that on your next playlist to go into the body image, the body image insecurities that as women we all have and that really spoke to a lot of women. So we got more DMs on that topic and that podcast than any of the other ones combined. So when we talk about genetics, know that that is a huge player when we're going into body composition. So I am never going to be able to sprout longer legs. It's just not going to happen. I can't take a pill. I can't rub a magic potion on. I can't consume this elixir or smoothie to just make me be taller. It's not going to happen. And companies use this lust for perfection for what other women have to really gain business. And I'm not knocking them. Honestly, it's the best business plan. It's a perfect business plan because there's always something that you can buy to make your wrinkles disappear, to make um, your lashes longer like your coworker has. Maybe you want that detox to get all the holiday weight off that you happen to put on during those Christmas Christmas cookies that grandma was making. But you can get sucked up in it. And instead, I like to focus on two simple things. Let's be healthier and let's be stronger. So when you look at body comparison, those are the two things that I really try to go back to when the magic elixirs are all over the market. So be proud of that girl who has what you want. Be proud of that girl who has the perfect skin, the perfect body, and just know that that's her strong suit. But your strength just might be something different. So whether you're lusting after fill in the blank, that's just not your strong suit. And I just think it it makes it so difficult when we're comparing our bodies to that. Genetically, we all have different gifts. It plays an enormous role. I think they say 60% of the pie chart of uh, body fat distribution is already predetermined by your genetics. Mm. Obviously, exercise and what you're putting into your body matter too. Um, I just want women to know that you are going to look different. Your body is unique. You're not going to maybe look like that perfect Instagram girl that you always scroll past. Um, But if you can focus in on doing things for the right reasons, saying, you know what, I want to feel better. Like I know now that I'm in my 30s, a lot of my habits are based on the way that I want to feel. Mm -hmm. I know exercise is the best thing for my stress, my anxiety, my mindset. So that is why I show up. No longer am I motivated. I I used to have a mood board 
what do you call those motivation boards? When I was living in Chicago, my roommate Kelly, we cut out all of these women from magazines and put them up. I can tell you it was like Zoe Saldana. We have opposite freaking body types. I'm never going to be a stick pole person. Um, But just to say like, that is out of my mind now because I'm focused on myself and what I can do to feel my best and shine my brightest. And you do such a good job with this. So in episode two, we went into so much detail just on your body confidence journey, Amy. Um, but I do know so many women are struggling with that. So again, a great one just to listen back to if you are a person who is on the continuum of struggle bus central, like how I have been all the way to where people like Amy are um, on that far continuum of getting being where they exactly want to be with that confidence. All right, Abby, let's close this one out. Let's talk about what our takeaways are for our listeners. Ooh, so to get started, or the first one, I would have to say, let others shine bright, even if it's not an area that you're strong on. Don't let it get to you. So instead of having that comparison trap and making it have you feel bad, be proud of them. Be proud for them and know that you're shining bright in another area. Thank you so much for sharing that one, Abby, because really, honestly, it's a place that I really used to struggle with (laughs) really, really bad. I'm telling you, when I was first starting out blogging, I just felt competitive with everyone else, other women, how they were doing on social media, all of the things. I'll tell you, I read the book Girl Boss. And it really helped me understand that as women, there's room for all of us. And if we go together and we bring people with us, um, it feels a whole lot better. And now I can, I, I just want that point to be heard because I know I was there. Um, I would say I feel like I constantly have to go back to gratefulness I have to have my values in line. I have to know why they're important for me. And then I gain clarity. So instead of getting swayed by what my friends are doing, their big life decisions, their gorgeous wedding rings, their new houses, their new diet and six pack, I know that I am grateful for what I have going on in my life. Um, I'm not chasing after every new high like I once was. So know that if you get off track and you're stuck in a rut comparing, that you can build tools that will help you course correct. And I hope that we've helped you to do that today. And that's to say to stay in your own lane too. So I'm going to ruffle some feathers here, but it looks like continuing to look for a wedding dress when you've already bought your dream gown. It looks like going back to the paint store when you've already finished painting that first floor, just in case there may be something better. So why are you doing this to yourself? Like why as women do we do this to ourselves? You've already made the decision. So relax and move on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are growing right there with you guys. We are new to this podcast thing. So you being here means the world to us. If you like what you hear, please press the subscribe button so that we can show up every time we have a new episode. 